Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Flip the Lens. This is Alex Terranova, London, Brie. What's going on, guys? Good morning. How are you both? Doing well. Good. Hanging in there. We have a uh, we have a special surprise uh, guest today. We should we should just introduce him right off the back, so he's not just sitting here awkwardly like, uh, "Can I talk now? Can I talk? Now? Can I talk now?" Bree, you want to introduce our special guest today? Yeah, for sure. So, Alex is going to share more about the topic, but all I know is sports is not my thing. So. I um, am bringing Aaron on. He's been my boyfriend for 10 years, fiance for the last four months. I don't know. We posted on Facebook that we went and got a marriage license the other day, and everyone freaked out. It's still not ordained. So technically, he's still my boyfriend, paperwork. fiance. <laughs> anyway, what's up, everybody? Good to be here. Excited to chat. Is there anything? Nervous. Nervous. Besides, besides, like being your 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 property, is there any anything else you want uh, people to know about him? Caregiver. So him and I work from home. Yeah, baby daddy. We have three kids, soon to be four, together. Um, He's worked management of hotels, bars, restaurants. He just started working from home with me last year. So we both work from home together, raise our kids together. I feel like anything you know about me is kind of him. <laughs> we just are a team. We do everything together. Uh, but he definitely is more the sports fan. So if that's the topic today. Which yeah, I've been a sports fan, you know, pretty hardcore my whole life. You know, especially like working in the bar, kind of like get involved in sports topics. You know, customers, patrons all the time, watch the games with them. A lot of different viewpoints. So. He's like the bearded girl dad. so well thanks for joining us and Bree, you threw this in at like the last moment when we were all texting about what a topic and um i think that the way i want to look at sports because we're not we're not going to like talk about the the details of like specific games or specific athletes but how we relate to sports like our relationship to them um why we have that relationship what it gives us what's the point of it and the way I mean, I'll, I want to open it up because this is where it came from for me. Um, you know, growing up in the U.S. in Los Angeles at a time, you know, when I grew up in the '80s, it was like Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and the Lakers. That Showtime period. Um, the Dodgers were like Kirk Gibson, and they they were winning. Like you know, they won a World Series back then. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was on the Kings. Like sports in Los Angeles was a big deal in like the '80s. And I grew up in that period, and I remember it was, like, the thing that bonded, like, all of the little boys, like, all of our little friend group. We all played Little League together. You know, whether our dads knew about it or not, they took us to games. You know, the, the kid who had the best parents were the dad who had the best seats, um, those kind of things. And I remember growing up, like, think, like almost holding sports like it was religion. Like it was that important. Like you had to watch a game. You had to show up. You had to know what happened. You had to, you know, be able to recite stats and things. Like it was like 
part of belonging. And then when video games came out, it like kicked it up a whole nother notch because now you're like actively involved with these like people, but like on your own in this magical video game world. And as a kid, I remember things like my grandparents being like, how does he know everything about this, but he can't pass a test in school on one little topic. And I never thought much about this back then. None of this came into play. This was my whole life until I remember 32 years old having this thought. I sit around spending hours a week watching other people live their dreams and I'm not living mine. That makes no sense. Like, and I remember saying, I'm going to quit watching sports like all together. I'm done. I hadn't missed the USC game and like USC football game in like 12 years. And I said to my dad, I'm done watching sports. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, when these people show up to watch me do what I want to do for a living, then I'll go back to watching them do what they do for me. He was like, wow, that's never thought about it. And uh, so I've been pretty much, haven't really watched that much sports in the last like six years. I'll read about it a little bit, but kind of like broke the, what I think was an addiction. I'm curious to, to hear, you know, I'm curious really to hear, you know, Aaron and London, your, your relationship to it, but then also how it impacts like someone like Bree, like on the other side. of it. I grew up playing sports, you know, uh, me and my dad would always do things, you know, throwing the football, baseball. I didn't actually play sports on like a team in Cyprus when I lived on the island. But when uh, my parents split and we came back to the States and I got enrolled in school, I think I started, what did I do? Um, fifth or sixth grade, I think. I enrolled in fifth grade, uh, no sports. And then sixth grade, played sports outside with kids, always loved it. I was always active. And then I finally got involved eighth grade. And I didn't know anybody. I was a new kid. I've always been the new kid. And I started playing football. And I actually didn't really know how to play football. I watched it from afar. But what, what sports gave me is a chance to uh, make friends, um, challenge myself. Uh, see what I'm made of. And uh, I think sports are a beautiful thing, but like anything, it can just become a detriment if you, uh, you're spending so much time to where you're not um, feeling other cups that are important, like your own uh, personal health, your mental health, your partner, you know, um, you're bitching about your business or you have this job that you don't like, but you know, you watch football on Monday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, hundred dollars each time because a tip, having a good time, food, booze, $400 a week and then do the math and then do it for the year, you know? So it's like, as long as it doesn't come a de detriment, I think it's amazing. I think it's cool. What's going on now. It gives, gives people a little bit of hope, some normalcy. Um, I am a big Lakers fan cause I grew up a Lakers fan, not cause I love live in LA now. Um, and it's cool to see him back on it. It made me, I saw Tom Brady warming up with the bucks. I got goosebumps cause I respect greatness, but again, uh, it doesn't serve me anymore, Alex, like it used to. So I'm not taking the time to watch a whole game or spend a whole Sunday watching sports because there's things uh, that I want and there's a level of life that I want to get to and it doesn't serve me like it used to. So I think we all need to take an honest look and see if it's serving you or if it's not. Yeah, I think for me, um, a lot like Alex, um, growing up here in Iowa, I was more of a Chicago boy. So a Cubs fan, grew up with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Um, my mom would tell stories uh, me as like a three, four-year-old, even like WGN was the only channel that got Cubs games where we were at. So at like four years old, I would sit and watch a whole baseball game. 
and be able to tell you every all the players what position they played. Same thing. Me and my brother collected baseball cards. You, know, you knew everything about their stats. You know, you learned everything about each sport that you were uh, infatuated with. I guess at that point, more than school, more than anything else, because that's what you related with with your friends. That's what you guys talked about as as boys. Um, then you want to play all these sports, and you kind of lived like that dream of one day I'm going to be a professional athlete. And as you get older, you know, other things become more important. You know, through high school, I played sports, started to realize, well, maybe I'm not as good at certain sports as uh, I thought maybe I was going to be or once could be. Um, so you become more of a fan. You watch the games and it consumes parts of your life. And, you know, you still like maintain that level of, uh, I, I got to watch this game. I have to watch that game. And Bree would tell you, even when she first met me, like, oh, okay, so the Super Bowl happened. All right, great. What's the next thing? Oh, well, now, now there's another thing coming up. There's never like a like a dull period. There's always like another event, another game, another thing that you have to like be like attached to or willing to focus on, which early parts of our relationship, I think, was detrimental. At times, we based off date nights and hangouts for his fantasy football and games. <laughs> it's like golden yeah. tea or football. <laughs> yeah, for for sure. And I think as as like one and like you said, as you get older, and especially with having kids, and my time becoming more and more limited, uh, you start to figure out what is serving you. And well, I need to eliminate that even if I still enjoy it because it's not doing anything for me and what I'm trying to build for our future so you like it's not raising my kids it's not all these other things so kind of where I stand it's crazy because I grew up with a father who I would say is very feminine loved flowers loved painting loved arts and crafts like definitely not a sports household. I have an older brother, like he hunted, he didn't do like, I don't think I watched a sporting event until I was in high school and went to, I think a Super Bowl party with my brother. And I couldn't have been less interested. I was like, I don't understand. Like we spend all day eating chips and watching these people run around. Like, I don't get it. And I mean, living in Iowa, Hawkeyes are huge, like Hawkeye games and tailgating. And still to this day, people are like, you're 30, you've never been tailgating. I'm like, I just, like, what? I've never been in a parking lot and gotten drunk. Like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't understand what that means or why that's so exciting. And so coming from that background, it definitely was really hard for me to relate to anything he did. I mean, he golfed and he watched sports. Like, that was what he did. So coming from, like, no background of, teams I'm like yay go sports like I had no no idea I had no idea what a touchdown was no idea what like halftime quarter one eighth like I didn't know anything so I tried my hardest I feel like I did for a while ask questions and like okay I'm gonna sit and watch this game and I'm gonna be invested he's like you don't have to do this you know that right like I tried to be that girlfriend and I wasn't good at that either so then when we had kids it was like Hey, so, you know, you went out with your buddies last night and watched whatever game and did your fantasy stuff. Like, 
now you're spending time in this notebook and all I see is like names and numbers in 70 pages of writing, like to figure out who's going to win this game for your points. Like what a waste of time. Like that's all I saw sports as. So we've definitely come a long way. And I think where he sees sports as like so fun, still like an outlet, still a way to hang, but definitely has come a long way with how much time it's consumed you know, with our kids, I would rather him go out and play golf with the girls than watch golf. Or, I mean, the girls could care less about watching football. I think they're just like, oh, well, if you're going to make popcorn, I guess I'll hang out. It's more for them. It's about hanging out with dads and actually whatever is on the yeah. TV. There's this, it's, it's such an interesting fine line between like things that we deem acceptable and things that we don't, right? If you met Aaron, and he was like, I'm, an, I'm uh, on Monday nights, Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays because it makes me feel good. I'm just going to go do crack all day long. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, like if he said that, you might have been like, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Like, I don't get it. I don't want to do that. But we, and, and I, I don't have to go so extreme. If you said, if you met some people and they're like, hey, I want to just go sit outside and like play in a forest for all days, you might be like, okay, like, I don't, that doesn't do anything for me. But there's this fine line between, I love that you talked about how you like had to revolve your life around it. I remember when I was living in New York, and I was dating my ex fiance. And I'd be like, oh, I can't do stuff on Saturdays, because like, I got USC football games. Or and like, if we looked at other things, if you if we were talking about porn, and you were like, you can't go out on a date, because you got to stay home and watch porn. Or you can't go hang out with your buddies because you got to stay home and drink. We would call that like an addiction. We'd say you have a problem. And I would like assert that a lot of sports fans are actually addicts. Now, we don't relate to it that way because we don't think it's not like they're not hurting themselves. They're not necessarily hurting anyone else. But you could make the argument that they are hurting themselves. How many sports fans are like fat and overweight and all they do is sitting around eating chips and like drinking beer and they're getting closer to diabetes and cancer and they could be working out or doing, or just moving, right? How many sports fans are, um, just spend so much time sitting, right? Like whatever it is, um, or they're not, they're not focused on like the things that actually make a difference in their life. They know every stat about their team, but they don't know what their kids have to turn in at school that, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, we, we can go on and on with this. And I don't want to make sports wrong. Cause this is the thing. It's not sports. Sports are sports in themselves are actually the opposite of what we're talking about. Right. People applying themselves to something they care about. It's exercise, it's commitment, it's integrity, it's teamwork. It teaches you all these things, but we're talking about it from like the, the fan standpoint, you know? And I, London, I know you want to jump in. I can see you like itching. <laughs> I mean, there's so many ways we can go about this. Definitely, though, like some of the best memories I've had is uh, bringing friends together and going from Myrtle Beach to, up to Charlotte for a Panthers game because Charlotte's a fun little clean city, a lot of young professionals. And it was, you know, people of all walks of life from the restaurant, dudes from the kitchen. You know, we got a Latino guy. We got a dude, black guy that's the chef. Got girls at waited tables. It was so much fun because we'd go out the night before. But then I also, before I started having a little too much fun in the stands, I noticed things. and. It's a very, um, it can be a very uncomfortable environment. You know, people getting wasted, a lot of cursing, and you're 
there's a special moment when you can bring your kid to a sports game, you know, like finally bring your kid to, a, I've obviously never done that, but I'm not naive to that, right? You see it on the movies, you, you can imagine how cool that might feel. I didn't never had that experience, but, and it's so expensive. And to think about like, you know, you got guys wanting to, you know, shank each other in the kidney because they don't like the 49ers and they love the Rams, you know? And it's like, you really want to kill this guy over a sports team and you're paying a $25 beer. You just spent 200 bucks on tickets and you got this guy standing up in front of you with his ass hanging out, you know, and he's just acting like an asshole. So it's funny how it's just such, you know, and you know, you're saying America excess and how we always tend to just take everything to an extreme here of like, dude, you can't just watch sports for a couple hours. You got to spend a whole day and then turn it into this crazy thing. And that happens so often in our country. And it's a, it's a shame, man. It's borderline embarrassing. Yeah. I think the, uh, like just even the word fan is short for fanatic and that's what people kind of like associate with sports. You know, you guys are talking about addiction. So it becomes just as much about uh, an addiction to, Oh, I do this with these people on this day and we drink and we hang out and that's our social interaction. So even on like the friendship level, it's probably nearly as deep as, as what it could be or should be because all you're doing is you're getting together and you're drinking and it causes, you know, confrontations talking about and for people to want to like go to the level of violence because of a disagree, which could segue into all kinds of areas of our society right now. You know what I mean? Like people want to like just judge you based on your opinions or your fandom or whatever it is. It's insane right now. I could like, it's so easy to, to look at how once you break, break away from it, it's so easy to see how it doesn't serve us often. Like I'm thinking about how we could say, well, it brings people together, but it's weird because it does, but not to talk about themselves, right? Me, me, if me, London and Aaron sit down and like watch a game, we're not like digging into like the depths of what it feels like to be men and you know, why we don't talk about our emotions. We're like actually using it to just focus on other things. And then we actually don't have to talk about ourselves. And I know we're like generalizing a lot here, right? Everybody doesn't drink when they watch sports. Everybody doesn't watch sports the same way. Everybody's not an addict or obsessive about it. Um, I, I think the point of this has been to like, look at what's your relationship to it, right? If you don't have the relationship where you spend $400 a week and you complain that you don't have any money or that, you know, you want, you get so emotionally invested that you want to cry or kill somebody based on what two people that you have no control over or a team that you have no control over what they did there might be something to look at about what you're avoiding in your own life. Like what your, um, maybe what it's a distraction for. I know for me, it was just a distraction. I didn't have to focus on Alex's life because I could put all my energy onto these other people. And then I want to, I do want to take a second. So we don't sound like just biased, crazy, negative sports people. Cause none of us are that I'm not anti-sports by any means. Aaron, I know you like sports. London, you are an athlete every day. You work with one of some of your clients are professional athletes. So we're not anti-sports. We're really having a conversation about, is it serving you? And I want to look at like, hey, how, how could it serve us or how does it, it serve us? Um, and, I'll, and I'll start again. I mean, the first thing is in the world that we live in right now where everything is like very high stress, um, very tense, for me, sometimes to take five minutes in the middle of the day and read an article about like LeBron James or, you know, a baseball team actually lets like lets the cortisol drop like lets me just breathe for a second 
And there's a difference, right, between five and ten minutes and, like, me falling, like, all back into it. Uh, but for me, that's the way I love sports right now. And I also love that my new relationship with it is I have the foundation that I know what's going on, that if Aaron and Bree, you had a, a party and we're, like, come over watching a game, I can come over, I can know what's going on, I can participate, and, now, and then I can leave. And it's like I can have a, a little, like, event, and social thing, but I don't have to, like, it doesn't have to become my whole life. I like that now for me, it's something that can be like woven in, in a healthy way. I think that the balance when you have to ask yourself, we've talked about time and commitment and where we want to be in life in lots of episodes and you know, what that looks like for each of us. And I think what you're saying, there's definitely a balance of, I enjoy it. Like, I don't have to like, defend why I want to watch a football game. I don't think anyone should have to defend why they support a team because if that's, you know, childhood memories and, you know, how they grew up, I think that there's something to be said for that and, and enjoying something. He's a 49ers fan. I didn't even know what 49ers meant. Like, I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, is that a cheeseburger? Like, I don't know. But, um, I think there's something to be said for it does. There is a way that you can connect, you know, it brought up lots of you know, memories for him and, and, and things that connect him to his childhood and with, you know, his parents separating. It's like, he has memories with his dad and things that like brought him together with sports. So I definitely think there's a balance of, you know, I enjoy it and that's okay. And, you know, there's girls that like shopping. Doesn't mean I should shop every day. Doesn't mean that my bank account allows for it, but I can enjoy and say, Hey, I'm going to go to the mall and I'm going to shop because it's something I enjoy. Just like you're mentioning about the article. Like, I want to go read an article. I want to let it, let it be. I mean, there's many times where him and I sit down and want to watch a movie. And I'm like, I just don't want it to be heavy. Like, I just want to watch something that like, it can be comedy. It can be funny. And I don't have to like watch a documentary on what's going on in the world today. I don't have to feel bad about that. I don't have to be constantly. I feel like the thing that's being thrown around is educate yourself these days, right? Educate yourself about this, educate yourself about that. And if you're not an expert, don't post or talk about it, right? So I think there is that fine line of, it is my life. I do get to enjoy it. I do get to watch a comedy and not feel guilty. I do get to watch a game and, and not feel bad that I'm not playing outside with the ball with my kids. There's lots of times that we connect and say, hey, if you want to go golfing, great. You need to take the kids. And then there's other times where I'm like, go golf, enjoy some adult time, <laughs> you know, away. I think Steve Weatherford, I feel like, brought that up on the episode. He's like, I have intentional time with my kids, and then I have intentional time that my wife and I know I need to go, like, testosterone, guy it up, like, hang out with the guys without the kids, without the wife, because that's just what I need, and I know that connecting that way makes me a better human. You know, they climbed a mountain. It wasn't, Alex, you went, right? Like, they climbed a mountain. Yeah, a bunch of dudes climbing a mountain. Yeah. It wasn't like, let's have a Super Bowl party. Let's, let's sit and watch a show. Let's inter it was more like, let's interact. Let's be guys. Let's do this. So I think there's like that line for yourself to say, where does it fit? How does it fit? Is it serving my family? Is it serving me? Is it something I need? How much do I need? And then leveling it from there of, you know, if Aaron wants to watch sports, if he wants to go out and, you know, it's something a friend enjoys and that's something that he can connect with a friend on. Great if it's every day and it's like, okay, now fantasy football has taken over. Like we're supposed to work at night when the kids go to bed, then it becomes a problem because, Hey, I'm over here building our business. I'm over here raising our kids. And here you are just 40, 49 games, like 49 games, 49 nights. Like, I don't know, you know, 
So definitely have to find that balance. Like London said, just like, how important is it to you? Where does it fit in? Is it serving you? I think one of you guys said, uh, you know, it was an escape from your life. So is a good way to put it in that, like, in the context of right now, just that, like, everybody's excited for sports to come back, hoping that it's going to create some semblance of normalcy. You're going to be able to kind of escape what's going on in the world and kind of just watch sports. So I'm curious to hear your guys' opinions just of, like, with all the, the kind of the social justice things that are happening within the sports leagues now, that kind of, like, turn you guys off to even wanting to pay attention or watch some of this stuff? Or does that not bother you? Or how do you guys feel about it? Uh, great question. Uh, first off, Alex, was, was your question about the positive of sports, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, what, do you, what, what can you take from it that actually serves you that's like positive? I'd say inspiration. Like everybody loves an underdog, right? Like who doesn't know Rudy and know that story and love that story, right? And, um, you know, quick story. Uh, I watch, I'm a Lakers fan. So I remember hearing about Kobe Bryant and they just got Shaq. Phil Jackson wasn't there. And it's the playoffs and Kobe shoots four air balls. And I was like, he's supposed to be the next Michael Jordan. He just shot four air balls, but he kept shooting. And I was, as a young, at a young age, I was uh, enamored by that. And I kept watching him and look what he did after 20 years. I'm not going to get into his personal life because that has nothing to do with sports. That's his own personal problems that he handled with his wife and they handled it. But to be able to like look back on his quotes, his mindset, that Mamba mentality. And for a guy that didn't grow up with a dad, I pulled a lot of the things that motivate me like Tom Brady, 45 years old, still fucking getting after it, uh, doing throwing sessions during COVID, risking maybe getting sick because this guy wants to be the best he can be. And that motivates the hell out of me, especially when Tom Brady's a guy that wasn't highly you know, ranked and we all laugh at his um, you know, combine picture. He wasn't supposed to be great. And damn, do I know about that? Because I was not blessed with any kind of gifts either, you know, except for I was just willing to not give up. Um, so I'd say that. And then now to fuel my competitive fire with having the opportunity of obstacle course races. I did a Spartan race, did a mud run, I did a, the men's health race in Chicago. So you, you run, you, you challenge yourself, and then you're in a city for a few days, meet new people, having a cold beer saying, great job. I saw you running. I saw you jump over that cab. And that helps me with my mental health. And it fuels my competitive fire because I can't play sports anymore professionally or never did. But it's a great way for me to be able to have some camaraderie with strangers, friends, and another way to push myself. And for your question, my man, um, I'd say uh, when I was watching basketball and all the Black Lives Matter stuff, it was almost overkill for me. And good God, do I believe we have an issue in the country and we need to make things better. 100%. But it was like, whoa, it's on the commercial. It's on the basketball court. It's over the banner. I mean, there was more stuff than NBA stuff. I mean, it was just like, Holy, like, are you guys feeling guilty or something? It was just, it, it was, it was tacky. I mean, but I guess something's better than nothing. You know, I don't know, man. It was just, um, I think if you want to kneel because you're doing it for the right reasons, I'm not going to knock you, man. Everybody's acting like they're this proud American. When do you, when do you salute the flag? When do you say the national anthem? When you go to a football game, maybe once a year. So don't act like you're walking around with your American flag all the time. You know, it's like you won't try to pick a fight. Chill the fuck out, man, and just worry about you. You're arguing on Facebook, people you don't even know, making an ass out of yourself. Like, take a step back, people, because that's not getting us anywhere. 
I have I have two 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 thoughts. One is kind of funny. So often people that are the most um, righteous about like standing for the flag and the and the and the uh, why am I the standing for the flag and saying like the pledge of allegiance are the same people that are buying bikini tops with American flags on them or like um, like crazy t-shirts at Walmart with with American flags or like mats and like things for their houses and I think like there's just a double standard with like if the flag is such a revered powerful thing then why are we putting it on like stamps on butts and on the back of your bumper and on all these places it either is a revered thing and we have it up or it's not and and this is the thing it's it's just cloth it's whatever the meaning we give it and so i think it should be able to be used however you want right if it because that's all it is you can revere it and hold it up and someone else might and it doesn't actually mean anything it just means what you say it means um and so i think it's funny that we have like these crazy ideas about what it is but then the same people that have, go back and forth there's just a lot of hypocrisy I think that flows right into people's opinions. You know, we tell athletes they're supposed to be role models, but then when they have an opinion that they think is right, we tell them they shouldn't have it. And we could say this with actors, musicians, anyone. We, it's like we want people to stay in their lanes when they're not in the lane we want them to be in. But when they're in the lane we want with them to be in, we're all about it, right? Like when Bill Belichick and Tom Brady come out talking and they're very pro-Trump, Trump is all about them, right? But if LeBron James comes and says he's not, then he, they're like, just go dribble your ball and shut up. And I think like, it's like everyone gets to talk about whatever they want, right? Like if you're a basketball player, you want to talk about politics, go ahead. You're an American, you get a vote, you get to talk about it. Just like if you're a politician, you get to talk about sports. Like how crazy would it be if we lived in a world where you like walked into a bar and you heard someone talking about sports and you're like, hey, what do you do for a living? They're like, well, I'm a teacher. You're like, you should only be talking about teacher things. <laughs> like people, the, the idea of being in America is that we're in a free country with free beliefs. And if we're telling certain people they can't talk about certain things, that's crazy. Now, again, with the exception of like excite, inciting violence, with the exception of like blatantly saying things to hurt people, I think like, we want people's opinions. If we're going to say, if, like, we get to choose who our role models are. It's not automatic, right? Like, actors, musicians, athletes can say whatever they want. If we don't value their opinion, it's irrelevant anyway. So it's, it always comes down to your relationship to these things. And I think, man, I think these people have, you know, they've worked hard to get a big platform. They should be able to use it. Just like, and if you're mad because you work in an office with four people and nobody listens to you, that's your problem. Go become an athlete. Go start a YouTube account. You want people to listen to you? Go do something about it. But don't make it so other people that have a voice don't get listened. Everybody's quiet. I must have just like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> something it would just stream into like mainstream media and social media. I think that, everyone and we've talked about this on the podcast before struggles especially right now with i'm damned if i do damned if i don't so it's i feel like athletes are put in this position as well whether they're black athletes white athletes who they play for where they live it's just they're put in this position which i do feel for them of what is the right thing to say what is the right thing to do if i don't if i don't say anything i'm shunned if i say the wrong thing people are mad at me so 
I do see the position that, you know, especially in the sports world of they got shut down because of COVID. Now they're coming back. How do they, you know, keep going, doing the quote, right thing? What is the right thing? Alex, like you said, we're allowed to have an opinion, but if it's not the opinion that the majority wants to hear on their particular platform, then they're wrong. Then they're not doing the right thing. So I do feel for them. I know I have a very small social media platform compared to some of those guys. You know, they have millions of people watching their every move, their every statement, their every tweet. And it just, I'm sure in their position, it's like, it started out as they just want to play the game, right? They didn't necessarily ask for a huge following. If they've dedicated their lives to sports and they've become known on social media, they are in the public eye and everything they do is right or wrong, right? Like they stand for Black Lives Matter. The people that think it's BS are going to be against them and say, well, I'm going to shut you out and not watch TV and not watch your game, right? Or not support you. If I don't stand up for it, then the, there's a whole community of people that follow you. So I think that they have to walk a fine line, just like everybody in their own homes with how much sports is consumed has to see how it fits their needs. And if standing up, you know, kneeling down, taking their hat off, I mean, I see the flag being destroyed all over right now. And then I see, you know, these glorified commercials where now the white actors are now black. And it's like, what's actually for show? What's actually meant for good? I don't know anymore. Like, it just feels fake or forced. Like London said, like, sometimes it's just over the top because they're mainstream media and that's what they're supposed to do or that's what they're supposed to say. So I do feel for these people in that position of, you know, what their managers are coaching them or their social media, whoever helps them with their social media, what they're supposed to post and say, because I know a lot of that is, is their job. You know, they get told what to do. They get told what to say. They get paid by certain companies that want them to say and do a certain thing. So I think when we all as, as just humans can have a little empathy in all the situations and go, whether that's right or wrong, or I feel a different way, they also have jobs and commitments and get told what to do sometimes. So, you know, I think that we all just have to take the grain of salt and say, you know, they're, they're doing their job just like everybody else. There is no right or wrong answer in that particular situation. I think it's important as well with the great divide in the country of how important sports will play in our future, as in when kids are allowed to get back together and not have to wear a mask and be kids again, and how it brings people from all walks of life, a girl, boy, um, color your skin, your religion, to where you can come together and have one common goal and not look at somebody and just be able to give them a high five and a hug because they made a good play, or they screwed up and you stick your hand out and you pick them up and say, I got you, next play, baby. You know, there is a beauty in that, a simplicity, a human kind, you know, that I'm grateful I got to experience that. And I hope the world comes back to that part of the normalcy that was good and allow kids that opportunity to realize that stuff doesn't matter. It's about as cheesy as it is. It's the fucking inside, man, and how, how you treat people and how you're trying to bring each other up and learn together and win and lose together and realize it's not the end of the world. And God, do we need that more than ever. Aaron, is there anything you want to add before we leave this here? Anything you want to put in? Before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, sports, especially for kids, as you're saying, is there to, to bond us and teach us like lessons for life. 
know, how to um, deal with adversity, um, play to play or game to game. And sports has a way of, especially as young men, to shape us into who we're hopefully going to be as we grow up and, and appreciating that we can compete, we can battle each other, and at the end of the game, we can still have respect for one another and appreciate each other within that competition. And that's kind of what sports kind of like did for me as a child and, and growing up. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great place to like leave it is can, it can be whatever you make it. It can give you, uh, it can help you with your morals. It can help you with your work ethic. It can help you with, you know, your integrity and your commitments and, um, your health even and your mindset and it can be something like i want to say darker because i don't have a better word but like something negative if, if you let it or empower it to go that way so aaron thanks for being on here man uh thanks for you know first time me and london both got to like meet you and, and like actually be with you um Bree, thanks for uh suggesting this idea it was fun and uh thanks everyone for listening please leave a review comment share this episode with someone who you know is addicted to sports and share it with someone you know who maybe should be addicted to sports. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys later. Aaron, Aaron, send me your address. I'm going to send you some beer product, brother. Right. <laughs> What's, what about me? What? You got, you got to throw it out, man. We need, it's got to be longer than that, dude. Come on now. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Later. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.